Shake it out. Shake, Shake it, it out, girl. Out. Ooh, yeah. Get those good juices flowing. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> mm. Yes. <laughs> like a good shakedown before yeah. a show. Oh, I always used to do that before going on stage. This is like, oh, this I is remember. Like the same. Yeah, like all of those like pre-show rituals yes. where you huddle around and you do a chant or do a shake or do something yes. fun to get you in the mood. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody together to get the energy moving. Yeah. Love it. And as we talk about energy in a, a podcast, I feel oh, like yeah. we should be doing these kinds of energy things yes. to, to get our energy and juices flowing. Ooh, nice, nice moves there. Thank you, thank you. All y'all couldn't see that, but uh, I got moves. Yes, yes, you do. That is real. Hi, I'm Kayla Mason, and I'm Megan Smith, and this is Human Human Design Design in Real Time. I'm the founder and CEO of Kayla Care, and as an intuitive human design coach, I use human design to help you get to the root of what's holding you back from living the life you actually want to be living. Human design is a map of your energetic DNA that uses a combination of ancient systems and modern science to help you understand how your energy shows up in the world. On this podcast, we'll be talking with people from all walks of life about how their human design affects their lives and the lives of those around them. Getting your own human design chart is easy. All you need is your exact birth time, and you can go to freehumandesignchart.com to download your own copy. So let's get started. So I honestly don't know what I'm in for today. (laughs) Last we left off, we talked about all of my defined centers. And today I'm going to discover in real time my undefined centers with Kayla. So as your guinea pig, I am ready. Amazing. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, Yes. So as we discussed on the last podcast, Megan is the best guinea pig. Um. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Please praise me more. Yeah. 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 Praise my guinea pig abilities. (laughs) Um, So last time we talked about her defined centers, which is something that we, because Megan was one of my clients. So we discussed a lot about her defined centers. Her undefined centers, we didn't really get into yet. So this is going to be kind of the other side. So this is uh, the guinea pigging of someone learning about a part of their human design in real time, which is what we want to do on this podcast and what we are excited to be doing in general. So Kayla, give me like a quick recap on defined versus undefined centers. Awesome. So uh, again, if you are following along at home with your human design chart, if you look at that chart and you see all of the shapes within the human design person, uh, those are your nine centers. Um, And each of those centers is either going to be colored in or is going to be white. The colors that are used, if you're using uh, certain charts that have different colors, don't actually matter. It's just a matter of whether it's colored in or not. So the ones that are colored in are your defined centers, and those are centers from which you create reliable energy. Um, it's the energy you bring with you into a room. That's the spaces where you can use energy from those places. Um, we talked about that last time. Undefined centers, so the un the places that are white, are spaces where you absorb energy from others 
amplify it and reflect it back to them. So what does that mean? Essentially, what that means is that if you have an undefined center and you are in the presence of someone who has that center defined, then you are able to absorb their energy and to feel what they are feeling in that space. And then what often happens is that you will amplify whatever it is that they are feeling and reflect it back. So a perfect example of this is when one person has a defined emotional center and one person has an undefined emotional center. The person with the defined emotional center might get upset and maybe not even show that they're upset, but their emotional center is emitting emotional energy. Then the person who has the undefined emotional center will absorb that energy, whether that person is showing it or not, and they might get really upset very quickly and reflect it back, aka yell, get upset, be mad at this other person. And it can be very uh, it can be very confusing because if you are someone who is regularly around somebody who you are absorbing energy from, it can be very easy to identify with that energy. But the thing about undefined centers is that the energy that is used within them is not energy that, is defined within you. So it's important to learn what parts of you are absorbing from others and what parts of you are innately your energy spaces. Hmm. We talked about this. We were talking about this earlier about how our defined spaces are where we generate our power and generate our energy and our undefined spaces are like the, the spaces that we develop our fluidity and I really liked that description because those areas, you are fluid and you are changing mm -hmm. and evolving and sort of mm -hmm. growing. And I kind of really loved that image yeah. of the undefined centers being where we are fluid and, and where growth happens. And I think that's, you know, that is equally as important as where you develop your own uh, power and where you develop your own energy um, to to be yourself, you know? Yeah. So I think that's really cool. Yeah. And I, I think that one of the things that's so cool about that is that those are the spaces that let you connect with others more accessibly. Mm. So we, uh, this concept of fluidity, it's this concept that you are holding space in those undefined centers that allow other people's energy to have a place to land. So for instance, someone who has an open throat center is going to be an advocate for others. They will give voice to those who who are who cannot speak kind of thing because they're holding space for others who need a voice. Um, and you see this in all of the centers. I think this is really where we where we find empathy. This is where empathy comes from. Um, and the thing that's so interesting is when we look at empathy from a human design perspective is that empathy is not one concept of energy. Every single one of our centers gives us insight into a different space, into a different uh, type of energy. And all of those can be sources of empathy. For instance, if you have an open mind center and you are able to see into the minds of others then you are going to be able to empathize with the way that others think. You're going to be able to understand, ah, okay, this person is overanalyzing and I don't need to uh, hold it against them because 
that's they are struggling with their own defined energy space right now. So it can really just give you a space of empathy in wherever those undefined centers are. Mm. Mm-hmm. So what should we expect today with going through my undefined centers and you know, what should I expect as somebody who hasn't done this yet? And is this is very new to me, as well as might be new to a lot of our listeners. Um, so what I'd like to do is to just kind of go one by one, and I'll let you know what lives within each of the centers that we're talking about, mm. um, and then kind of describe to you the, the general uh, experience of having that center undefined. And then I want to hear how that resonates with you. Ooh, okay. Yeah. So we're going to be, we're going to be, this is going to be a little bit of a coaching in real time kind of Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So looking at Megan's chart, um, she has four centers undefined. She has the head center, which is the top center, also called the crown center. Um, the mind center, also called the Ajna, which is the one directly below that. So the two triangles on the top. And then... She is defined all through the center section of the chart and then is undefined in her root, which is the square at the very bottom of the chart, and undefined in her spleen, which is the triangle to the left. The thing that I notice from the very beginning is that, so one of the things that we discuss when we're talking about each center is that there are two centers that are called the pressure centers, the crown center and the root center, the one at the top and the one at the bottom. Each of them has a sense of pressure involved. So the root center, there's pressure coming up from the earth. It's that pressure to move, that urgency, that survival, let's keep going, keep the, keep the species moving kind of feel. Um, whereas the head center, it's the space of kind of divine energy moving in. The space where your head opens up and you are connected with beyond. In your chart, because both of your top centers and both of the centers right toward the bottom are open, that pressure is kind of bypassing those open centers and you might feel pressure on those middle centers. So this is something that we'll talk about a little later, but it's just so interesting to see this kind of chart. So all of this open space on the top and the bottom and then lots of energy in the middle. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's just start with your crown, okay. with your open crown uh, head center. Okay. So the crown is, like I said, one of the pressure centers. This is the connection to the divine. Um, this is also where ideas come from. This is where inspiration comes in. And the crown chakra is physically connected to the pineal gland, which I believe is a gland that we know very little about <laughs> in the brain. Um, there's a lot of ethereal concept within this head crown center. So with an open head center, you're very likely to be able to kind of allow things to flow through your mind. This is a space where you might have ideas kind of fly in for you. Um, you might have inspiration come out of seemingly nowhere. Um, and this is a space where if you are someone who had anybody in your house as a child who pushed you to be able to come up with your own ideas, this is the place where that might manifest, where the that feeling of why can't I come up with my own idea might 
come from. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Is that something that you find that you have experienced? Yeah. I think the the best connection that I can make to that is um, music. Mm. And writing my own music has always been difficult for me. As a as a singer, I would spend a lot of time just mostly wanting to sing stuff that was already written by other people and, you know, put my own interpretation on it or my own spin on it. And there was definitely a pressure to feel like I should create my own stuff. And why can't I do that? Um, So I think that's the, the best example I can give as far as me personally, how that open mind center has, you know, led me to believe that I can't make my own stuff. I can't write my own music or I can't build my own business or I can't um, do those things. And it's not that I can't. It's just that my open mind doesn't give me that skill to create my own stuff seemingly. So the way that I like to think about this is that having that open crown center, rather than it being like a limitation, rather than it being I can't create my own ideas, Mm -hmm. it's a matter of you are able to wait for the universe to give you an idea. Mm. And you are able to, when that idea flies into your head, you're able to use your authority, to use your emotional authority and your sacral center to decide whether that idea is aligned for you. Mm. Um, But because you don't create this energy when you're by yourself, it can be really beneficial for you to like be in a group of people when you're coming up with things, to work with others when it's when it comes to creating. I've always worked best with others. Always, always, always. You put me alone in a room by myself and say, do a thing, and I'm going to find 30 other things to distract myself before I get to that thing. Uh, so yes, I definitely work better with <laughs> <Yeah>. others. <laughs> and that's actually, that's another thing about having that open head is when, so this is something I've actually, I was talking about with another, a, another coach who is human design focused is the idea that we think that ADHD might actually just be undefined head and or mind centers. Wait, should I talk to my therapist about ADHD? Is that what you're telling me? Uh, it's If you want to, you totally can. Um, I think, though, that it's the kind of thing where we see it as a negative thing. We see it as, like, I can't focus. But what's really happening is that we are being given the space to be able to follow different things and to be able to only lean into the things that are important in that moment and knowing that the things will come back if they're important to us. So that trying to, because the idea I feel like behind trying to like treat ADHD in this kind of situation is kind of, it's that space of you don't have a defined mind and you're supposed to. (laughs) Wow. You know? Okay. So shiny, shiny object. Uh-huh. Shiny. That's, that's open mind and open mind and crown centers. Love shiny yeah. and fluffy, yeah. man. <laughs> so, um, so this we've kind of now been talking about mind as well. So mm-hmm. the the head, the crown is the one on the top. The mind, Ajna Center is the one on the bottom. Um there are actually, I, I was just reading this, so only uh about 70% of the population has an open head crown center. Um, And then I think it's about half that have undefined mind centers. Um, So it's common to have both of these centers undefined and often they will work. It will be in tandem. The two things feel very closely related. So a Mm. lot of times when we talk about having an open mind, 
having the open crown is a part of that conversation. So, okay. Yeah. Well, I just have a big old open, yeah. open head, yeah. big old space cadet here. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so the last thing I want to touch on in the crown center is one of the things that might come in and be a bit of a hindrance in the space of the open crown is a, a need for answers this kind of constant searching for the answer and feeling kind of obsessed with finding the answer. Mm. Is that something you find that you've ever experienced? Yeah. Um, and speaking from recent experiences, I still don't know why um, something something happened last year. And you know, without going into detail, it's been plaguing me. It's been plaguing me quite a bit. Uh, and it's something I, I don't want to plague me anymore, but I want the answer. I want to know why this happened. Um, but there is no answer that I can get with the resources that I have. So I kind of have to just accept that I'm not going to get the answer and that's okay. But that's very hard for me to just be like, okay, I'm not getting the answer for this. <laughs> Yeah. And without that center defined, it's not something that you are going to be able to hold on to in a space of being able to see it and say, ah, yes, this is the answer. So chasing it is kind of like chasing your own tail. Yeah. It's that space of like, you're never actually going to find this. So I also have an undefined crown. Um, and I find this happening to me in the like, I kind of want to call it like the the Google search uh, runaround. Mm. It's like the, and this happens, it's funny, this happens to me with human design all the time. I'll like sit down and I'll have like one concept. I'm like, ooh, I wonder what this is. And I'll go read about it. And then that makes me think of something else. And then I wonder what this is. And I wonder what this is. And before <laughs> I know it, I've spent an hour randomly reading different things and my brain is exhausted. <laughs> because another thing that happens when you have this open energy on top is that you don't create reliable energy from that space, so you can't use reliable energy from that space. Yeah. So when you try to use your mind, when you try to be like hyper-focused for a long period of time, you're going to get headaches. You're going you're gonna to get that kind of like, uh, like tension space of, I can't do it anymore. I get really tired. Like I get really head tired. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, there's like that different feeling of body tired versus head tired. My brain just goes, bleh. Yeah. it's like, I can't too much, too much information. I need to go lay down and shut my brain off for a minute because it, it, it overloaded. Like you overloaded the hard drive there. Like <laughs> <laughs> exactly. too much. Exactly. <laughs> um, so one of the ways that I like to describe undefined centers is kind of like a screen door. Mm -hmm. So the idea that this screen door has the wind flowing through it. It's fluid. It's exactly what we said before. The fluidity of the wind flowing through. And while the wind is flowing through, while ideas and inspiration are flowing through and you're allowing them to flow through your mind and have that kind of in one ear, out the other kind of feel and allowing yourself to just grasp on to the things that are important for you in the moment, then you're, then you're in design. You're working in that space of your open mind and crown centers. As soon as you try to grab onto thoughts and say, no, 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 I don't want to forget this one. I, I, I want it to stay. It's as if the, uh, it's as if the screen door 
stood up and said, I am the wind. (laughs) But the screen door is never actually going to be the wind. It is a screen and the wind is flowing through it. So too are open mind and crown centers a screen and ideas are flowing through. Hmm. Ideas and information. Do you find that people with opened crown and mind centers have a harder time remembering dreams? That is something I definitely have a hard time with. I definitely have a hard time with remembering dreams. Like occasionally one will stick with me, like real, and I'll wake up and be like, wow, that was weird. But 90% of the nights, I don't remember what I dreamed about. Yeah. Honestly, I'd be very curious. Right now, uh, Sabrina is also in here, our producer, and all three of us have open mind and crown centers. Space Cadets Unite! Space Cadets! (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I don't know. I really... That's a very curious thing that I feel like we should touch on in another podcast. Ooh! What? Ideas. Ideas. (laughs) (laughs) So this brings us into the mind center. Um, And we already touched on it a little bit, but I do want to dive in a little further as to what the Mind Center is, what it does, how it shows up. Um, So the Mind Center is the second triangle down. um, And this is the area of the body that deals with information. It deals with the thoughts, things that are coming in, things that you are learning, things you're absorbing. Um, And this also controls the pituitary gland which is a gland in the brain that helps to regulate hormone production. And the reason that I remember that is because uh, when we were in sex ed in uh, elementary school, there was a dancing pituitary gland. (laughs) Uh, Very, very amusing image of this little dancing pituitary gland that makes hormones. So, yeah. When information comes into an undefined mind center, that information is kind of being uh, filtered rather than stored. Mm. When someone has a defined mind center, there's a lot of storing of information. Um, And so a lot of what can happen, especially as we're talking about hormone production with someone who has an open mind center, is that can also kind of affect the space of regulation of when we're talking about this idea of you getting super tired, super head tired. Mm. Um, Because if you're overworking from that focus space, you're also overworking the parts of you that are regulating everything in your body, those hormones. Oh, my God. Does that resonate with you? (laughs) (laughs) My brain just sort of exploded a little bit. Like... My open mind center is like, this was this was a lot to process. This is a lot of information right now. <laughs> yeah. But it absolutely makes sense because, you know, and I've, I, we've, the, the few times we have talked about an open mind center, we've set the example of, I've had a, a, a friend who is very good at strategy games. They probably have a defined mind center because they could see the entire strategy, pick which one is most probable to win and always win. And I hated playing strategy games with them because I wanted to try all the things and be like, ooh, what does this do? Ooh, what does this do? Ooh, what does this do? And they wouldn't give me the the space to do that. And so I, I learned very quickly that playing strategy games with them was not fun. Yeah. Um, but my husband, who also has an open mind center, 
love ha- also has that sort of love of trying out all the cool things in a game. So if we get a new game together, we're just like, oh, oh, that was a cool move that you just did. Or, oh, oh, I want to try this. Can I try this right now? It's really, I much prefer playing games with open mind center people. That's what I've learned. Yeah. Um, but I, yes, it, yes. Yes. Yeah. That, that's something that's super fun. Like, cause, so that sounds like someone who's utilizing their open mind center properly. That's a beautiful <laughs> moment because when you have that undefined mind, you have that ability to try all the new things. You literally have mm. an open mind. Yes. You can see all the different ways that you can do things and you get to try them out. Yeah. And it can be fun and you can let that be part of what you're doing. Yeah. Um, I like that. I like trying out all those things. And maybe it's because that's how I'm designed. Yeah. And I like saying, okay, I'm going to even, – even when I do crafts, I'll be like, oh, let me try building this craft this way. And if it doesn't work, I'm like, okay, let me try another way. Yeah. It's never like a I have to do it by the book or else it's <laughs> – it's let me just try some stuff and yeah. see what works. Throw yeah. the spaghetti at the wall and see if it sticks, you know? Um, Absolutely. And, and I think for for defined mind centers, you know, and working with them, I don't think it's that I can't work with defined mind centers. Yeah. I just need to know how I can interact with defined mind centers with my open mind center and knowing that I'm going to take a lot of their, you know, definitive energy mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. in their mind when I am with them and I need to remind myself that I have my own way of doing things, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it can also, so one of the things we'll talk about a lot in this podcast and that we, I think have already mentioned is that in any situation you are, you kind of have the choice of expressing something in a lower or a higher vibration. So one of the things that I, that we'll get into is when you look at the chart and you see all of the little uh, red circles, all of those little red circles are the gates that are in your chart. And the gates are kind of, they're the things that show specific personality traits, specific ways of being, specific ways of thinking, and they will show up in each of your centers. Um, So if there are people who have gates in certain centers, and for instance, it sounds like this other person you were talking about had a gate that made him very competitive, Mm. But a competitive concept, when you're looking at what that actually means, on the low vibration of it, it's I can win, so I need to win because I need to prove that I can win. Mm. Whereas the higher vibration of it is I know what it looks like to win. I can see that trajectory and I can choose how I'm going to go about that based on who I'm with, what I'm doing, what is good for the group. There are so many other options involved when rather than getting caught in trying to prove themselves, they can be in the space of, yeah, I can see how cool this all is <laughs> and let's play this game. Like let's let's get excited about it. So there are all sorts of ways to think about all of these different things. Um, Another thing that I'd like to bring to your attention. Uh, so we had a, a we hung out this past weekend with a bunch of our friends, with our our other best friend and all of our significant others. Mm-hmm. In that group, we played a ton of these uh, like Cards Against Humanity type games. Yeah. Um, the two people in that group who had defined mind centers is my significant other and our other friends' significant other. Right. Not all my the rest husband. of us. Right. 
not yeah. Megan's husband. <laughs> yeah. Everybody else has open mind centers and open uh, crown centers. So when you think about the way that they played the game, it was more like, I feel like those two people were playing more from, one of them was playing from how do I win, mm-hmm. was playing from how do I put down the thing that's going to make me win this round. Right. Whereas the other one was playing from what can I put down that's going to make me laugh the most. <laughs> But both people were doing it from they could see what all of the things meant. Yeah. They were looking at the whole picture. Whereas those of us who have undefined mind and crown centers, it's more the space of like, ooh, this one's funny. I'm going to do this one. Yeah. Ooh, this one's funny. (laughs) Or like when when I was playing those games, I definitely felt the sacral. Yes, this one is the one to put down for this card, right? Yes. Oh, yes. This is the the one to put down here. Uh uh, and and it wasn't like a, there's a strategy to this. It was like a nope. This is what my my diva says mm-hmm. must do. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. So it's that difference, and that brings us back to like how we use our our defined centers along with those undefined centers. So yeah. knowing that you're in a space where you don't have the mind energy, so you don't need to use it. You've got a defined sacral center. Use yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's very persuasive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think the last thing that I want to mention with the mind is the space of craving information. This kind of goes in line with the need for answers. Um, but just this concept that like you might might want like hope that you could hold on. Oh my God. We were just talking about this over the weekend, how I like to collect data. <laughs> I yes. like collecting information and and looking at it and analyzing it and seeing what more information I can get from that information. Yeah. Like that's something I actually enjoy doing. Yeah. yeah. And I utilize that at work a lot. Great. So Great. <laughs> um, and do you find that you have like workarounds, things that you have put in place for yourself so that you don't have to worry about forgetting? Oh, yeah. That information? Oh, like I collect information. I write it down. I enter it into databases. I enter it into Excel spreadsheets so that I can reference it again and go back and be like, okay, well, last week this person did this well. And and the week before they did a little poor. And the week before that they did really well. So, okay, this is what we can discern from that information. Yeah, that's, yeah, absolutely. And like, I think the things that we can do with having these open mind centers is it's the space of rather than making ourselves feel bad about not being able to remember absolutely everything, Mm -hmm. we can put things in place like that. We can put into place, ah, I'm going to put this information in a spreadsheet. I don't have to feel guilty about not being able to remember things. (laughs) I'll just write them down. And then yeah. I don't have to worry about forgetting them. <laughs> I also ask a lot of questions at work, yes. especially yep. when I, you know, especially when I don't know the answer or if I don't know how to do something and not if unless I write it down, I won't remember how to do the thing. Yep. So I'm constantly going back to my my boss and my coworkers being like, how did you do the thing? I need a reminder yep. um, or send me that that PDF on how to do the thing so I can do the thing again. Yep. You know? So, um, yeah. 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 And I... One other thing that I want to I want to talk I touch on on this is the way we learn. Mm. So I think one thing that happens when people are find out that they have undefined crown and mind centers is this immediate feeling of oh my god then how do I ever learn anything? 
Mm. Am I just a total airhead? Am I stupid? (laughs) And it's like, no, we all learn in different ways. Yes. So uh, I know for myself, the way that I learn is by doing. And I think we touched on this in our first episode, but that is one of the reasons why I have jumped in headfirst and started doing readings a couple of months after learning about human design. Mm -hmm. Because for me, doing something is how I learn. And I need there to be a how did I get from point A to point B and that kind of like uh, that movement through it that helps me to connect the dots. And that's something that probably live somewhere else in one of my defined centers. (laughs) I'm not exactly sure where that is right now. Um, But it's definitely not in my undefined mind. (laughs) Yeah. Well, same. I absolutely learned by doing. Like you can give me the the details on how to do something. And if you expect me to know exactly what to do after reading that, you're screwed because I'm not going to be able to do it. I need to sit down and do it like four or five times and then say, okay, I know how to do this now. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So the next undefined center that Megan has in her chart is her spleen. Mm. So the spleen center. (laughs) Spleen is such an unappealing word. Oh, it's such a funny word. Spleen. (laughs) Spleen. It feels funny to say to your your tongue does a funny thing when you go spleen. It kind of like makes little air pockets in the back. It like flattens out the spleen. Exactly. This is important information. Oh, yes. How the word spleen is fits in your mouth. Yeah. Um, so having an undefined spleen, uh, spleen, the spleen center is all about survival. So this is the center that is at the bottom of the chart, the triangle on the left side. Um, so if you have the center undefined, meaning not colored in, this, the things we're talking about here might apply to you as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so the spleen center is where survival instinct lives. This is all of the things that you would put in the category of things that help you to survive. So your senses, the five senses, your concept of pain, uh, your fears, worry, um, the things that evolutionarily have put you in a, a better position to survive than people who may not have survived. Mm. The spleen also controls the immune system. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. I did not know that. I don't know if the physical spleen controls the immune system, but the human design spleen <laughs> does in fact control the immune system. Okay. I don't remember enough about my biology to tell you that. We'll get back to you on that <laughs> we'll one. Get back to you on that one. <laughs> I do know that that when you get mono, your spleen like swells. Yeah, so yeah, I, do I think it does have something to do with the immune system. Interesting. Um, but yeah, so this is all about survival. Um, so with an undefined spleen, there is a space of kind of feeling unsafe, kind of feeling like you you don't know if you can trust yourself to mm. survive. A lot of times people who have undefined spleens are worrywarts. These are the people who the minute they find out that uh, something bad could have happened, they freak out because it's like, oh, God, something bad could have happened. Mm-hmm. We need to plan and make sure it doesn't happen next time. Mm. So is this something that that resonates with you at all, this sense of survival? 
I guess I think that the the worrying aspect, I don't know. I know that me and my husband are a little nuts and we are (laughs) constantly collecting items that we think would be good during the zombie apocalypse. (laughs) We think that might be happening. So maybe that 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 planning to prevent something bad in the future, Mm -hmm. that aspect of it, I, I that I can resonate with. Um, I feel very detached from my spleen in this conversation (laughs) (laughs) because I, I, as far as like survival goes, you know, when, when bad things happen or, you know, when situations happen where you go into a survival mode kind of thing, Mm -hmm. I immediately get into this, you know, this zone of I'm going to protect me. I'm going to protect my family. I'm going to protect at like whatever it is that's being threatened because this person is not allowed to threaten me. No, like just like a good old fashioned. No. And I know that I've always done that. And does that connect to the spleen and how the spleen maybe resonates with my sacral center? Because Diva is the loudest center in, in my design, man. She is. Whew, yeah, she is loud. <laughs> yeah, she's a very loud person. A big thing that we can do in general with our undefined centers is kind of default is default to our defined centers. So it makes a lot of sense that you have kind of defaulted to this, to your connection to universe, to your connection to, you know, this universal intelligence, Mm. because you don't have defined energy in these really primal spaces. Um, So I think one of the things about the spleen that can be difficult to identify is that especially if you have an undefined spleen, it's a very primal kind of carnal space. It's not the kind of thing like the senses live in the spleen, but that doesn't mean that you can't feel things because you have an undefined spleen. Like that's right. that's absurd. Um, <laughs> but what it does mean is that maybe you're not going to uh, – maybe your associations with the things that you feel, with the things that you smell, with the things that you – see with the things that you intuit Mm. intuition is something that lives within the spleen like that kind of really deep rooted survival level intuition yeah that maybe it's different for you than it is for someone who has the defined has that space defined okay um and the other thing that shows up in the spleen are fears and pain and what that means with that undefined spleen is that you can feel the fears, and the pain of others. Okay. So when there are people who have defined spleens around you, it is very possible for you to not only feel their pain, but sometimes it might feel like it's yours. And it can be very difficult because this is such a deep primal part of you. It can be difficult to identify when it's your pain and when it's somebody else's pain. Yeah. And when they're your fears and when it's somebody else's fears. Is that something? Yeah. I lived with a person who had back problems and they would, you know, they would be on the floor basically, like not really able to move and would have a really hard time. And I would get weird pains in my back and I'd be like, do I need to go to the chiropractor? And I've had back problems in the past that were genuinely mine, but I didn't know uh, you know, I, I was going to the chiropractor for these back problems and my chiropractor was like, you're fine. You know, an adjustment every six months is good for you still, but like, you're fine. Uh, and it was, it, yeah. That's yeah. so interesting. Yeah. So do you, did you find that you had more pain when you were around that person? 
Yeah, when they were in pain, yes. Okay. When they were in pain and their back was bothering them, I felt their pain and their fear too, like their mm. fear of not being able to get back up again and like function and move around like a normal person. Um, I I would definitely feel that. And all I would want to do is comfort them. All I wanted to do was like do everything I could to help alleviate their pain yeah. because their pain, like I felt that. I felt their pain, yeah. you know? And so this is something that happens a lot when we have that undefined spleen. And I, I think this brings us back to our conversation of empathy. Hmm. Because when you are able to feel the pain that others can feel and when you are able to feel and understand the fears that others have, either they become your own and you can't differentiate or you want to fix it. You want to make it better. And there is this tendency to try to take care of everybody else before you fill up your own cup. That right there, that is me. Yep. I always do that. And I always forget to fill up my own cup. And yes, yes, yeah. Yeah, and the thing that then when we even get a little deeper in there, the spleen controls the immune system. So mm. when we are not filling our own cup, when we are not making sure to take care of our own things before we try to take care of the pain of others, that is when our immune system breaks down. That is when we get sick. That is when we are, you know, our defenses are lowered because we're not caring for ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I felt that. I felt that a lot. Um, I, I had a, a weekend a, like a while ago where I was taking care of my husband, taking care of my pets and my friends were coming over and they were having a hard time and I was letting them vent to me and like being there for them and being supportive. And at the end of that weekend, I got a really bad cold and was like out for the day because I was taking care of everybody and forgetting to check in with myself to be like, hey, do you need some Megan time? Do you need to go and, you know, be alone for a little bit? And Because I had spent so much time, even at work, like filling in for my, my coworker who was away that week. Oh, I totally forgot about that. He was away that week. And I was filling in where they, where they were not there. Ugh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah okay i know a little bit more about my spleen now yeah <laughs> yeah and that the way that pain can permeate is it, it can kind of take you by surprise mm. and there there is also that space of it, it taking over of it taking you over and you not even really knowing where it came from and just suddenly feeling such intense pain or such intense fear. Hmm. And with a defined spleen, this is one of those places where it can get kind of muddy as the difference between defined or undefined because mm -hmm. someone who has that space defined is going to create those things. Their fears are going to be more a part of who they are, hmm. whereas that might make them seem like they're more deep-seated. Someone who has that undefined spleen has the propensity to allow fears of others and of themselves kind of spiral, mm. take over, become everything. I wonder if somebody with a defined spleen can also deal with a lot of anxiety. Mm. I'd be very interested to see a study yeah. on that. 
Oh, anxiety, I think, can be – I think it can also be uh, associated with the emotional center. Yeah. Um, and But I'd be very curious. If- well, you also notice on the chart where your spleen, which is uh, fear and pain, is parallel to yeah. – the emotional center, which is all the other emotions, mm-hmm. it's very interesting how they they set that up on the chart. Yeah, and and how they are. I feel like it would be very difficult to connect the two, but also yeah, very possible, and that could lead to maybe anxiety, like high anxiety issues. Yeah, yeah, that's very likely, especially if somebody has both of those centers undefined mm. and are around others who have those centers defined. Um, but yeah, I personally have a defined emotional center and a defined spleen and I have dealt with a lot of anxiety. So (laughs) I might be proving this concept. (laughs) Something, something to, to look into at some Mm, point. Yeah. I, I'm also curious because I lived with someone who had a lot of fear and anxiety Mm -hmm. and that definitely permeated me Mm -hmm. a lot. And it was hard it was hard to know what was my anxiety and what was that person's anxiety and it wasn't until we stopped living together that I realized I don't have anxiety I don't have a lot of these fears and I'm fine like one of the fears and, and and anxious moments that this person would have is sometimes we would go grocery shopping together and buy food for the week And that person would get really anxious in the grocery store and would only be able to be in the grocery store for about like 30 minutes. Mm. And while living with this person, I felt anxious at a grocery store a lot. And I would feel myself getting more and more anxious at a grocery store the more I went to it until I moved out of that situation and then found myself being able to go to the grocery store with no problem whatsoever. And I'm like, what happened here? Yes. Oh my God. Yes. That absolutely. That sounds like you were absorbing this fear of being around too many people and being in a grocery store. Yes. From this other person. It was the too many people thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because they would also have issues with parties. Like they would have to Mm. check out after a certain period of time where me, I love parties. I love being around the people that I love and enjoy being around. And I want more all the time. I get energy from that. I am an extrovert. I definitely get energy from being around other people. Uh, and they were an introvert, so they needed their, their space. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Man. I also, yeah, I also wonder, cause I think one of the things that's in there, and this is something that happens. I also, I'm not a huge fan of being in a crowded party type thing for an extended period of time, mm-hmm. because since the spleen controls the senses, I feel like with a defined spleen, you're more liable to get senses overload, Mm. to have that like, I'm overstimulated and I don't know how to handle it. Whereas with the undefined center, you're absorbing everything. So you are not going to feel overloaded. It might reflect back in a very big, very intense way, Yeah, but it's not something that you're holding. I wonder if introverts and extroverts are tied to the spleen in oh some God. Like an undefined spleen means that you're more likely to be an extrovert because I have no problem going to loud, crowded places yeah. and having a good time. That's so funny. Maybe. So the last one of your undefined centers, Megan, is your root center. 
Oh boy. Yeah. Um, so if you look at the root center on your chart, if you're following along at home, this is the square at the very bottom, the one all the way at the bottom of the chart in the center. Um, if you have this undefined, so if it is white, not colored in, then you might identify with some of the things that we're talking about here. So the root center, this is our connection to the root of what it means to be a human, to be a being in the world. Um, this, I, I like to think about this as kind of our connection to the animals, as our connection to the earth, to all living things. So the root center also, uh, controls the adrenal glands. So this is the fight or flight response. The one concept energy that lives in here is drive, urgency. The idea of get up, get up, do it. Um, so this is also considered one of the motor centers. So I mentioned the motor centers in the last podcast in relation to having a motor to your throat. Um, the root center Every one of the motor centers creates a different kind of energy. So the root center creates a kind of pulse-like energy. It's a, uh, it's kind of like, it's very inconsistent. And it is a, oh, okay, I have to go do something. Oh, I have to go do something. Oh, like it's, it's that space of, okay, get up and go. Right. So having an undefined root center, because there's not a ton that, lives down there, the undefined root center really comes in the space of feeling that pressure, that urgency to do things, but feeling it in a conditioned way. So mm -hmm. feeling that you are supposed to be able to get up and do things, but you don't. You can't. Yeah. That's not how you're designed. Yeah. So is that something that shows up for you? Oh, yeah. All the time. I, even with just the analogy of getting up and doing things and getting up in the morning, I am not a morning person. I never have been. I, I have tried over the years different morning routines that have some would stick for, you know, a long period of time. Some would not stick at all. Uh, but I mean, I'm, I'm currently in a mode of I have no morning routine. I am getting up when my body is ready to get up and I'm doing the things that I feel need to get done at that moment. And it's never a an urgent, we need to go do this thing. Uh, <laughs> which is very frustrating because I do feel like I should be able to set a schedule for myself in the morning, get up, be consistent and go and do the thing. I just, I've not had a really hard time my entire life being able to be that consistent. Um, the amount of times I've slept through important things because I just didn't feel that urge. I sleep through alarms like it is my job. I, my, my husband will tell you, I have four alarms to get me up in the morning. And sometimes all four of those do not work. <laughs> I feel no urgency to get up. <laughs> wow. Oh, that's so interesting. Because I have a defined root center. The thing with the root center is I feel like it's so single pointed mm. that it's so interesting to hear from this other perspective. Because for <laughs> me, like I also am a snoozer, but it's not that I uh, that I don't like it's I don't want to get out of bed. Mm. I have that need to get out of bed. There's like this part of me that's like, get out of bed, just get out of bed. And I'm <laughs> and I'm like, but I don't want to. <laughs> And so it's a it, it's a different 
feeling like I will hit the snooze button a few times, but there is absolutely no way that I could sleep through alarms or not get up at all because I have this intense like urgency within me that's like, no, you have things to do. Like you have to get up and make sure that you do all of these things before you leave the house. And then the anxiety <laughs> kicks in. <laughs> and I'm like... So there's a lot yeah. of urgency in everything that I do. It's just kind of like an underlying theme with You everything. know what gets me up? You know what gets me up? My dog gets me up because my dog needs to go outside in the morning uh-huh. and I need to take care of him. Uh-huh. And that's my open spleen working with my open There you go. <laughs> there you go. Center. Also, I love that we just discussed <laughs> how the root center is the connection to animals, is that yeah. connection to other living things. Yeah. So you have filled the space left by your undefined root center with a wonderful animal. <laughs> with my with my favorite favorite animal being. Yeah. But yeah, the thing that gets me up in the morning is my dog because he usually jumps on me and says, I need to go outside. And I go, ah, yes, I need to move and take care of my dog. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I also wonder if you would be able to use your defined sacral center to kind of give you that space of you know, ask that yes or no question. Ask yourself, do I need to get up right now? Yeah. And listen. And when I do need to get up, like if there is something that's really important that I need to get up for, I I usually tell myself the night before, like, okay, Megan, you got to get up at 630 the next day. You have to do this. So make sure you get up at 630. Set all of your alarms, go to bed on time. And when I do that the night before, Then I'm able to, I usually wake up before my alarm. My body goes, okay, you got to wake up now. And I go, yes, it is time to wake up because I had, I did like this evening routine to get me up. So maybe I, instead of a morning routine, I should come up with an evening routine to make sure I, I wake up in the morning. I love that. Mm. I love that because Mm. we're still talking about the space of self-care. We're still talking about taking care of the parts of you that need love, of filling that cup for yourself, but it can, it can totally be an evening routine. Yeah. Yeah. Cause usually when I, talk to myself at night and say, this is the time that you need to get up tomorrow. I, you know, most of the time I'm able to do that unless my body is ab- absolutely like, you're dead, you're dying, you're going to sleep and you're sleeping forever. Don't wake up. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. And and uh, it, it's funny because my husband has a defined root center mm-hmm. and he, he gives me that energy, which thank goodness... <laughs> Otherwise, I would just like never I would sleep forever. Um, And he has no problem getting up when he needs to get up. And poor guy, his job requires him to get up at four o'clock in the morning sometimes. And he's able to do it. No questions asked. No problem. And I admire him for that because there's no way I could do that. Yeah. But that's because it's my design not to be able to do that. Unless. Yeah. I set the intention. Absolutely. Um, So the other part of this defined root is the adrenal glands, is that fight or flight. So I'm curious what your experience with your fight or flight response is now, especially in this space of knowing that you have this undefined root center. Hmm. Can you give me an example? Um, So when you feel uh, stress, actually – 
is a big part of the fight or flight response. We put ourselves into high adrenaline space Mm -hmm. when we need to uh, accomplish something because we're we're on a deadline. Ooh, Mm. deadline. Okay. When you have a deadline for work or something like that, for me, with my defined root center, when I have a deadline, it it feels it's it can take over. It can be extremely difficult for me to focus on anything because I'm so concerned about not getting the thing done by the deadline. So mm. it can be a very big source of anxiety. It can be a big source of stress. My fight or flight response kicks in. I'm definitely having a lot of adrenaline. Um, and that is something that I, you know, I think that can be, it can be useful. It can also be a detriment. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm curious how you respond in those kind of situations. I am a procrastinator. <laughs> I am, I, I guess I don't get stressed out by deadlines. I go, okay, there's a deadline. And then when I feel like getting the thing done in between now and the deadline, I will get the thing done. Uh, And I usually complete whatever it is the night before or like the morning of, depending. (laughs) And I do well working in those conditions and I have no problem working in those conditions. So I I know that I have a lot of stress and I know that I live in stress a little bit, um, but I don't have a problem with something like a deadline. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. so interesting to hear about because that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense having that undefined root center because you're not dealing with defined energy coming out of there pushing you to get stuff done. Yeah. <laughs> I find I stress about deadlines when I'm working with somebody else who stresses about deadlines. There you go. Yes. There you go. So, <laughs> I, yeah. I I'm nice. like, "Okay, you you really want this done? I'm going to get I'm going to get it done now." And that's when I feel the urgency to get it done. And I usually get whatever it is done before, way before the deadline. Because I'm like, here you go, person who is freaking out about the deadline. It's done. <laughs> and <laughs> But when it's just you, you but don't it, feel any of I that. I don't feel any of that. That's amazing. <laughs> Do you know how, like, there is a part of me that I, this is definitely something that I, I personally need to do some, like, some digging on. Because that sounds just magical. It's just not... <laughs> I mean, it does get me into trouble sometimes. Uh, every once yeah. in a while, like, I will miss the deadline. Yeah. You know? And I'll just have to be like, I am so sorry. Can I get an extension? Yeah. <laughs> but I find that people are amiable to extensions as long as it's not, like, super important. You know? There are definitely things when, when again, if my boss, for example, is stressing about a deadline, I'm going to get the thing done. Yeah. But if my boss is not stressing about the deadline, I'm not going to stress about the deadline. And I will, you know, there's a good chance I'm going to get it done. But yeah. in the case that I don't get it done, I'm usually granted an extension and it's not a big deal. Yeah. I also wonder if the fact that you have that defined sacral center kind of, it allows you to do it when you're supposed to do it. Mm. It allows you to do it in the time that you actually need to do it. Because the universe, if you're if you're tapped in there in that space, the universe is going to tell you when to do it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's and usually when the universe tells me to do it, I do a good job. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Like I can confidently say if I am in the mood, if the universe says, hey, it's time to get this thing done, I will do it and I will do it well. Yeah. And that makes sense with a defined sacral center when you follow that hell yes. 
Mm-hmm. You are in that lit up space and you are moving and grooving and you can get it all done. Yeah. Yeah. I will say, though, I, I have my husband has a defined root center mm-hmm. and he actually helps me to get things done. <laughs> Great. Oh. How lovely. Because I will say, hey, honey, uh, I want to go fix this thing. I, I This thing needs to get fixed at some point. And he'll be like, okay, let's do it right now. And I'll be like, okay. Yep. And and that that definitely helps. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that yeah. helps for getting like things fixed around the house and, yeah. and things like that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. I feel like we could do a whole episode talking about like each individual center and just like. Oh, I'm sure we know. will. At oh, this yeah. point now, we're going to have to. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll have to get like a couple of people on. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Oh, that's great. I've learned so much today. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, I love learning. <laughs> oh, God. I know. Oh, God. This is so great. I love how much. I learn while I am doing this. Uh, like, I, you know, I, I feel like the conversations that we just had about the spleen and about the root are things that I, I've discussed with clients, but I haven't gotten into them in that kind of depth. And it's just, this is how having an open crown and mind center works. Yay! We are learning in real time. Space we cadets are, unite! Yes, we are learning <laughs> as we go. We're doing in order to learn. So, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Kayla. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Megan. <laughs> if you like what you heard on this podcast, follow us on Instagram at Human Design in Real Time to keep up with our next episodes. And if you want to learn more about your own human design, I'd love to help you on your journey. You can head to my website, kayla-care.com to book an introductory human design session where we'll dive into the person you were born to be. That's K-A-Y-L-A-C-A-R-E dot com. We're always looking for awesome humans to be guests on the podcast. So if you'd like to be interviewed, send us an email at humandesigninrealtime at gmail.com. This podcast is brought to you by Kayla Care. A big thank you to our amazing producer, sound mixer, designer, and editor, Sabrina Mason. Thank you to the composers of our theme song, Niall Spaulding and Sabrina Mason. Thank you to today's guests for being open and present with us. And thanks to you, our listeners, for supporting this podcast. Keep discovering your human, human design, design in real time.